yeah. stuff. And it's just like everything is on top. It's not, not in a bad way. It's just. I know what you mean. Yeah. How are you, my love? I'm good, you know. I'm good. I'm good. Literally just enjoying um, being at home doing this for once is quite. It's, it's fun. You don't miss being out in the, in the streets doing the junkets and stuff? And... If I'm honest with you, not really. Not these yeah. days. Days. I've never been a huge junket fan, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, I don't mind doing it. I know it's part and parcel. Yeah. You know I mean, it comes with the job, but it's good to be home. Let me introduce properly. Hi, my name is Aquia Jamfi, founder of the British Blacklist. And my guest, I mean, I don't know what to say because he's like kind of turned into a superstar. Like, <laughs> honoured to be speaking to him right now. It's, uh, it's, I don't even know how he managed to fit me in. I feel blessed. I feel honoured. Um, Come on. <laughs> Please introduce yourself and you say what you do because I could list all the things that you do but how would you describe your job title at this point? And my name is Ashley Walters and I'm a creative. I'm a creative. I'm just, I'm just like you. I was saying maybe different mediums sometimes but just like you, you know, I, I do a bit of acting, I, I produce, I write and now direct. Yeah. You know I mean? so, I, don't forget the music. And music as well, yeah. Are you still, are you still... On the mic. Are you still doing stuff? Yeah, I'm still making music. I always make music. So whatever happens with it, it's still being made. No, it's good. It's good. You do a lot of stuff, not just the creative. Creative is kind of, doesn't explain and delve into the things that you do. And you do, you've been doing so well for so long. So why are you going to South Africa? Being extra for Bulletproof. <laughs> I actually, well, you know how it started? It was like, me and Noel, we're always like, we want to keep on levelling up with the show sure. and we just thought the next step was taking it somewhere else season two was so good in a sense that it just took us out of london for a bit took us out of our world and we enjoyed it it gave us a new characters to play with it gave us a new vibe to kind of jump on so when it came to working on season three which we thought it was going to be we kind of wanted to take it somewhere else so i think our first instinct was to go to japan or something like that or thailand or whatever that's what we were asking for in the beginning and what happens is you throw it out there and then the bosses are like, mm, yeah, you need to come down there a bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then you end up a bit over there and then you end up down there and then back up there, whatever. And then eventually everyone landed on South Africa. I was happy with it because it was a place I'm, I'm familiar with. I've, I've shot there several times before over the last two decades, really. So I've been familiar with South Africa. So I was like, you know, I was happy to go out there. I think Noel was slightly more reluctant. It wasn't a place on his holiday destination list. Do you know what I'm saying? Because of politics and all sorts of yeah. other things that go on out there. But I had already experienced the fact that even though there was huge segregation out there and disparity between, you know, the races, it's a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in the right places, you meet the right people and whatever, it's a beautiful place and a place that most people want to go back to. So, yeah, so we ended up deciding on that and then kind of, you know, we already had a how it went down was that me and Noel, we had decided that we could only do a special because of my commitments to the other show that I do. It just meant that we didn't have enough time to shoot like a full season. Okay. Um, but, but we didn't want, I mean, if, it, if we didn't shoot this special, it would have meant that Bulletproof wouldn't have been on TV again until 2021, 2022 or whatever. Yeah. We just felt like that was too much of a big gap for it not to be. So we took the little space that we had and decided to do this three-parter. And me and Noel went away and came up with two possible storyline ideas. One was mine, the other was his, you know, and we kind of put those down on paper and gave to the execs and I won. I was about to say, who won? Yeah. Before you even get to that bit, that thing that you said, because I, I, I mean, I know the journey of Bulletproof and how long it took for the execs to kind of 
buy into the fact that you're going to have two black lead police officers doing their thing and you know them especially from the uk the fact that now you're in a position where you can say you know what want to go to japan well okay we'll go to south africa that's huge so what has that journey been like in the fact that you guys had to prove that this story would work the actual audience reception to the fact that Bishop and Pike are so lovable and relatable and make sense in this world that you created. What's that journey been like to becoming now the fact that you can actually have the confidence to say, actually, let's go and, because I'm sure Japan would be an option maybe a couple of series down. I don't see it even being too far-fetched. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not too far-fetched at all. And the journey, I mean, listen, the, the, the journey has been a long and a hard one. Sure. But if I'm, on, if I'm honest with you, being the person I am, I wouldn't have it any other way. I've learned so much throughout that journey. If it was easy, I guess everyone will be doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things. And we, we've just been saying this morning about, like, I, I live on the wild side when it comes to challenge. I've never been a part of anything that everyone's just done before. Whether it be my music career with Soul Solid, you know, we were breakout artists. We started something. Whether it be Bullet Boy, you know, when that genre came into the scene, it was, hadn't been tried and tested before. It started something. I was just hoping that we would do the same with this. You know, the minute people start saying, no, 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 we're not doing it or whatever. I'm like, that's the thing to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's the route to go down. So we kept pushing. And I give Noel all, all the credit in the world because those were the days when I didn't know how to be assertive. I could only be angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could only be aggressive a lot of the time when it came to certain <laughs> situations. So I kind of stepped out of the initial production process. And when it came to trying to get a home for the show and left Noel to it because it was a world he was more familiar with. I wasn't you know, familiar with people saying that because uh, I was black that I should change to someone else and this and that, or whatever. It was... That was an unknown world to me. So yeah, eventually we, we pushed it through. And you have to, with all credit, when we took it to Sky, they, they didn't think twice about it. Mm. You know, they saw the vision straight away. It just hadn't landed on their plate before. It had been everywhere else, but it hadn't landed with them. And there's, a, there's something to say about timing. Everything happens with timing. Timing has to be right. If you've noticed, culture's just changed. It's evolved so rapidly over the last 10 years. It's considering how long I've known you or known of you, I've yeah. even done one actual interview together. And yeah. I remember in that interview, I can't remember what, maybe it was for Chuckers. And I remember talking about the whole black representation and doing things that are like storylines like Top Boy, for example. And I remember mm. you saying like, you know, that people don't criticize mafia films. And other, I, the conversation was along those kind of lines of representation, yeah. but representation. But I think, as you said, the culture's changed so much where a top boy can fit alongside a bulletproof, can fit yeah. alongside um, boys that you're directing and all that type of stuff. So how do you feel now, those years in after Truckers and when we spoke from that perspective, because there was a defensiveness a little bit just because it's like, mm. I'm sure people are coming at you and coming at those yeah, yeah, and yeah. things like that. And yeah, I, mean, I was a little bit judgmental too. I still have my reservations about certain things, but I just think there needs to be more. And I think that's yeah. happening now. But where, how do you feel? I'm proud that hard work has paid off yeah and sticking at it at mm. the end of the day no one expected this show to work you know there was a lot of people behind the scenes that were like you know it's not going to work it'll be a flash in the pan and actually what we did was we exceeded everyone's expectations we broke records you know what i mean we were the highest rating show it's as simple as that and you know i can only be thankful to people that have had open minds and you know given it a chance because this is like you know for us this is this is my baby in the sense of we never made this show for it to be, it wasn't about it being informative. 
It was the first time that I've not made something where this is about what morals and lessons that people are going to learn from it. It's just entertaining TV. Like we used to watch growing up as kids. When I used to watch Bad Boys when it started or, yeah. or Lethal Weapon back in the day, it just made me feel good. I was just on the edge of my seat and I was just like, I love these characters and I'm in it. We needed something like that in the UK because every time there's a cop drama, every time there's something, and no offense, you know, shows like Luther and whatever, they're really good shows, but they're really psychological. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're really yeah. deep and very dramatic or whatever, which is great. And I watch those shows and love them. But it was about time that we had something that was about, you know, just had some laughs in it. Had two guys that could be from any corner, you know what I mean? Any hood yeah. in London or whatever, with badges and guns. Yeah. And like, what the hell is going to happen? Do you know what I mean? I've seen the first episode and even just, <laughs> even just culturally, what did no, he did? He said something, he said, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. And he put in the little aft twang on it. That's great yeah. for me being Ghanaian. So it's just, <laughs> amazing seeing little nuances like that even it's amazing because my time span coming from when you would never not even hear someone saying nonsense like that have shows that have our culture really represented like with small acts with in the long run and all those type of things yeah. it's just it's just it's an amazing evolution of all your projects that you've um, been involved in which really maybe defines or validates your satisfaction with the career path that you've chosen i think this this will definitely uh, this is definitely it it's the first opportunity that i've had at an executive level creative level to determine what the outcome is and what you guys see on the screen this is a mixture of me and Noel's upbringing and our lives every character that comes into the show whether black white or whatever these people are representations of how we know them in the real world and that's been an amazing thing you know to, to have the ability to craft the relationship with my wife in the show you know yeah. with how my kids are is an amazing thing and it, I guess I, I'm a bit wrong in saying that it's not informative because actually it is because it's given a different side you know we were adamant about the fact that it's about time people see real black love and real yeah. black relationships and I'm not just talking about between me and and the wife I'm talking about between me and Noel's character as well because as brothers I've got a lot of friends that we love each other in that way you know it's nothing to do with our sexuality it's, it's about just respecting and loving each other and being able to trust in each other and support each other and I think it's, it's really good to show that on screen. I mean 100% I was even going to ask about, not even ask, but just talk about that because that's what makes Bishop and Pike so relatable because, and intriguing to watch because you guys natural, I know you and Noel are friends, the natural chemistry comes through, but it's something that we need to see because you don't, it's either in a tense situation usually, mm. or I don't know, it's like a work relationship that you don't really get to see the intricacies. I think even in the first episode, you... I think you say you love him a couple of times and it's just, but it's not in a, I love you, like I love you, but it's just like, I love you, bro. And I hear that. I know my homies that we're just like, yeah, we love you, bro. And it's not a thing. And it's just so brilliant to see friendship. And to, on top of that, I mean, shout out to Vanessa and, uh, you, you know, you two's character, the relationship and that is, I am as a black woman, love to see it. But I think you also represent that visuality with your own personal life, like your family, People that know you can just, it's very, very, very real. Moving on to boys, directorial debut. <laughs> Who told you that you could become a director, sir? <laughs> well, listen, I toyed with this idea of directing for, for a while now. Um, and I've always shut myself down when it comes to it. Because whenever I do something, I want people to, 
see that I have a voice or hear my voice through what I'm doing. So whether that's directing, whether it's writing, whether it's acting or music or whatever I'm doing, there has to be something distinctive about the way I'm doing it that sets me aside from everyone else. I had enough knowledge in me to put scenes together. I've been yeah. doing that all my life. But to do it in a way, you know, that stands out from the rest, I didn't know that existed in me as yet. Well, my mind didn't feel ready for it. But the opportunity came about. I say I was forced into a position because I asked to direct on my own show. So I asked the director on Bulletproof and I was told, boy, I don't know whether you've got the experience yet. And you know me well enough to know, like that was for me, that was like, that's the wrong thing to say to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, so I need experience. Okay. So I'm going to go and get experience. So I went out, I spoke to a group of writers that I know. And I was like, all of you send me in scripts. I'm going to pick the best one and I'm directing it. And I'm going to take my own money I'm going to do it as a short. And then Jerome sent his script. He's a friend of the family. You know what I mean? He's a friend of Slander, our team. Um, he sent the script in. And it just hit me straight away. I was like, wow. Because what I got from it was, I'm a Goonies fan. You know yeah. the movie, The Goonies. So it's quite, like one of my favorite films in the world. So a lot of people that may seem silly because it's quite old and it's for, for young people. But for me, it represented my childhood. It represented being an underdog. It represented being a part of a nerdy group, you know, that was pushed out but that succeeded in the end for their love and their passion for, yeah. for what they did. And I love that sort of journey. Old 80s movies and Disney films and whatever always represented that morality yeah. in some sort of way. And that's what I grew up on. And that's what the script had for me when I read it. Was like, you know, the whole idea of a journey of them starting in the morning in one place and ending the day in another place mm -hmm. and learning something from the journey that they had that was important not only for them, but for other people to see. So we jumped on it. I went to get some money together to do it. And then Sky, the beautiful people they are, jumped in and said, you know, we'd love to support your directorial debut. Here's more money. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, so I can level up now. And um, I went out and got, you know, all the people that I could. And long story short, worked with all the people I've been working with that have supported me throughout my career to make this the best, the best it could be. And found some amazing, amazing talent, especially in, in Hector Abbott. Lead actor. The lead actor, yeah. I think he's like, he's one of the most most natural talents I've seen in, in a minute, man. I've watched it as well, so it's, it's really good. And again, it's that friendship. So there's definitely, as you're saying, Goonies and Disney and knowing that's the fabric of you, it's playing out in the work that you're choosing because the friendship and relationships, I see that because mm. the relationship between these two young boys was, was cute. And I was just like, I like the fact there's a little bit of, not road element, but that element where the brother's away and the commitment to sorting him out. But yet there's a natural, youthful freedom that all everyone can relate to, like just having a day and experience things, coming of age. Yeah, I think he captured it well. And he is, his name Tector, he is watching him was like, this is the UK right now. This is mm. the poster of how our cultures have birthed this new culture yeah, where yeah. you've got this white boy who's yeah. in his teeth, who's speaking the language but understand and I'm, it's kind of like is this now the new hope where we will have people that don't see all our differences in the fact that our cultures have so blended and emerged in a certain way that hope not it won't end racism racism will never end like that but yeah, it, yeah, i know i don't know what what because even the fact that you chose a white boy as the lead as you I'd expect it was it, 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 i just honored the script it was written that way you know, oh, okay. the, the okay. script came from Jerome's own experience. There was a friend of his who was the guy that was in prison. 
Okay. He's in prison, the brother that's in prison. Any story I pick is always like, that's the first thing I ask the writer is, how did you come up with this? And then they'll be like, yeah, my brethren, and that character's based on this guy and whatever. And from when they're talking like that, I know they're in a good place. Because the characters that are made up usually for me are very 2D. You know, the, the writing for this was very holy. It kind of had every dimension that it needed. It was important that it came from a true place. And a lot of people have asked me that, like, why in this day and age did you pick a white boy and not this and that, whatever. And I'm like, I just wanted the script in the script's directions in the beginning. It said, the guy, white, this age, whatever. And that was it. So that's what I did. But doing that, when it came down to me to find someone that represented a white boy of that age, as I know him today, that's what I see. And that's Hector through and through. I didn't have to get him to change his accent do anything and he's such a brave actor so to the point that there's a lot of the scenes in there I'd turn over the camera and this guy would just start doing what he wanted to do yeah like literally you just do what you wanted to do and I just leave it running and I'll be like after the take I'll be like bro none of those lines are in the scripts like why are you why are you doing this what is wrong with you and he's like yeah no I just thought I'd add a little spice and whatever and he just does his thing at times I had to tame him a bit so we could get the story plot <laughs> right, you know what I mean? It followed, it followed the, the character journey, but he's so natural with it. I was never that natural at his age when I was in the game, but he has just, he's just got a presence about him. And this is very specific, but he's got Nigerian cheekbones. Okay. Um, and if you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's okay. very, very defined around that area. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them shots were breathtaking to me when it came to composition and situations that I put him in. Can you stop it, please? First of all, they give me two minute warning, which is probably like one minute now, so I have to wrap Sorry. up. Like, no, no, what I was going to say is like, do you hear how you're trying to sound like a director right now? Composition <laughs> and those shots are beautiful. <laughs> it's all right, all right, say nothing. Oscar winning and BAFTA winning, it's coming, it's coming. Um, it's soon from here. I mean, what can people expect from the special for Bulletproof? Just look out for, you know, obviously that same interesting relationship, funny relationship between Bish and Pike. But just the stakes being higher as well. One of our big things for this season was to get the drama right and make sure, you know, as, as much as there's action and there's laughs or whatever, just to make sure that people are invested in the characters and invested in the storyline. And to make it a, a bit more complicated as well. I think sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about jokes and action, it can become a bit simplistic. But yeah, we put a lot of investment into the storyline and people are going to love it. It's bulletproof on heat, in the heat in South Africa. Simple. I mean, I'm jealous. I feel like I should have been on set somehow. I don't know. You should have. You missed out. <laughs> don't worry. There'll be other opportunities. It's coming. Thank you. But um, my love, thank you. Have a wonderful Christmas. And you too. Yeah.